Welcome back, Bird Citizens. In this episode of Bird City Radio, your hosts Michael Paul Cohn and Michael Palladino interview Sari Beliak, Anya Blue Ivy Bolts, and Hannah Michaels during the Bird City Comedy Festival. We, are we all checking? We can talk now? We can talk to we microphones? Sure, hold on one second. Oh my Re- god, Michael. Jesus Christ. I have, a, I have a job now that will bother me when I'm not there. It's one of those jobs. So, oh yeah. boy. Don't, don't lift up and drop because I hear it every time. Oh, alright. Can I get one more in before we start? Yeah, yeah. There, alright. <laughs> now I promise I won't do it anymore. Right. I didn't I want to interrupt remember. the last one and tell you, but... I was just, whenever I made a point that I found agreeable, I just... <laughs> Here, here. Patted the mic on the ground. Yeah. Well, good afternoon, everybody. How are we all, t- how we all doing? <laughs> I'm the straight man in this one, so I rein it in. Okay. I've got the itinerary, <clears throat> which is how you doing. <laughs> how's, how's everyone doing? Introduce yourselves. Let's start with that. Let's, let's go, we'll go to left to, to right. How are you doing? All right. Uh, I'm Hannah Michaels. Um, I'm a person... Who does things sometimes, and sometimes I don't. All right. That's pretty good. I'm Sari Beliak. I live here in Phoenix. and uh, We like you. Thanks. I like you guys, too. Mm. I'm Anya Voltz. I'm also a person. I don't live in Phoenix, but I do do things. Where do you live, Anya? New York. There you go. City. And where do you live, Hannah? L.A. LA. Anya saw her first cactus this weekend. It was a big weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's. I've never been to the desert. It's know. the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fucking rad, but yeah, it's if you're from it here, is. I can see why it's mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, <laughs> staring at it for a <laughs> but while. But it's new to me, so it's amazing. Well, it's good to have people like you come out here. It makes us kind of like take a second look at what we have yeah don't take it for granted it's like seeing christmas with the eyes of a child again yeah (laughs) but cactus Mm -hmm. cacti cacti yeah i should know this i'm from here what were your first cactus impressions stunned (laughs) shocked excited uh excited i guess i wasn't shocked i for sure wasn't shocked i was like i'm going to arizona there will be (laughs) cacti uh stunned Mm, maybe i guess like how big some of the ones on our walk were mm-hmm. but like i also knew that intellectually so i'm just gonna say excited excited yeah would you take them to the 40th like 40th street and shea that mountain preserve oh yeah, yeah so it was, it's super pretty over there it was a good stroll it was beautiful yeah yeah did Jeez. y'all go did you go too Mm-mm. No. No. Oh, you. That's what you don't. That you don't do things sometimes. Yep. And that was one of the yeah. times that we didn't do things. Yeah. We took um, Emily Winter. We went. Is that? What, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, uh, whatever day. Friday. Right? Friday. We went on Friday, and uh, got some new uh, Facebook profile pictures <laughs> out in the desert for her. Those are some great pictures, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I felt like a whole new woman. <laughs> You, you, I'll dry you it out. That way. 
I have such an I have such oily skin that everyone's like, ugh, the dry heat. You're gonna hate it. And I'm just like, wow, I, this is what people's skin feels like normally. <laughs> 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 like this is incredible. Come to but Bird I'm, City for the good skin. Yeah, <laughs> dry your skin we'll right dry out, well. but only if you are, if you need it. If you have already dry skin, I can see why this would be an annoying climate. But for True. me, I'm like, this is. Perf. Well, if you live here long enough, like you're gonna get skin cancer. Like that's yeah. gonna. Ha- I yeah. got. I had it when I was 26. What? Like you're yeah. gonna get. Yeah, the doctor was like, "How? What? How old are you? You're not supposed to." But yeah, no. If you're gonna get it, if you live out here long enough, like, wow, that's mm-hmm. gonna happen. <laughs> PSA. So come back here next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, now I'm starting to feel like even like three days was too much. I'm like, should I get out of here? <laughs> you might need to leave. <laughs> All of you. Uh, I was excited for this podcast because I only write selfishly for myself and stand up, and all of you guys in the room write He's satire. Pointing at, pointing at me too. Yeah, I swept all the <laughs> way around. Yeah. I did a I did a whole ninety. A lot of visual bits. Going yeah. On. Oh, that's this whole podcast. <laughs> visual bits. Whole thing. A lot of prop work, but we'll get there. Uh, so, from my perspective, having never like written anything satirical, never written an article, it's awesome that you all can do both. It's it's like I've tried to sit down and like try to pen something out, and I go, "You're you're a dummy, dude. <laughs> like none of this is good." Um, so, I guess like all of your opinions, you can go one by one if you want. But like, what's the main difference? Like, what is the the biggest difference between writing for a stand up set and writing for? an article like a satirical article well i'm not gonna go first on this one i'm not I, I was just mm-hmm. staring at every individual okay. in the room. so hannah we've decided you're going first. oh great yeah. oh thank you guys <laughs> um there's a big difference in voice i think um and in terms of the just writing style in general in stand-up you have to be very concise and your delivery has to be a certain way and in writing, you have no delivery whatsoever. There's no sarcasm. There's no. There are things that you just can't do, and there are things that you can do that you can't necessarily do in stand-up. Um, and there's probably more character work sometimes, which is nice. It's fun to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could do that in stand-up. I don't know what I'm... Yeah, you could totally do that in stand-up. <laughs> what, what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we begin, really? <laughs> There's too much right with you, Hannah. That's how I feel. Aww. <laughs> what about you, Sari? Um, I think well, I think where we're writing for, because we're m- mocking the AP style, this very dry news format, um, that to me brings up a lot of funny stuff. Like I love that kind of ordinary hero character that I guess the onion kind of created this, like the local man or the, the area man. So we're, a lot of the stuff that we're writing is coming from that. And that shit to me is so funny. It's just this very silly, dry, like, you know, the local guy does whatever. That's not extraordinary by any means. Um, and I think stand up should have more should have in, in air quotes for those of you who can't see. <laughs> um, I think people like to hear more about you. They're sizing you up as a person. Um, and this is fun to, I don't know, kind of get to try some other weird, weird, silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm like thinking, 
Because for, for me, I mean, I totally agree with what they're saying, but I've always thought about it as like, a, like I kind of compartmentalize my brain, at least the joke writing part of it, where sometimes like a funny idea will just come to you and it doesn't fit in stand up and it doesn't fit in a sketch. But then like, you're like, this would be a great character in like satire mm-hmm. or like any other version of that is true. Like you're trying to think of like a pitch for satire. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is actually like a funnier sketch idea mm-hmm. or stand up idea. So like for me, it's just like when I think of a joke, I'm like, what would, what would best serve this joke? And is it like, do, would me do Would me putting it in my act even be like good for that joke? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true. There are, it's like, it's just also completely different. So if you're sitting down to just like think of something, um, I think it's like a little bit easier than it's not just like black and white of like, but all I do is write stand up. Like it's a completely different muscle. I feel like mm-hmm. it's like a different, it really is. It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there are like a couple jokes that like kind of overlap and it is like kind of, it's a hard decision process for me because I am, I think more of a stand up at heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I kind of just want to tell this on I stage. Want that for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's how I would be all the time though. Like I would be, cause I'm a selfish fucking person. I feel like I would be <laughs> writing stuff like, Oh, this will be funny for everyone and go, no, no, no. Well, uh, where we write for isn't like the onion where it's like, it's everybody's like our name is on it. So yeah. I still get that feeling where I'm like, it's and mine. Do, <laughs> one of the articles that I published after the election, I do something like kind of based off of it. It was something, I don't know what the headline was cause they changed it a couple times, but it was like the woman's looking forward to all the great new punk music that she can listen to on the bus ride to the clinic. Yeah. So I kind of on stage when I'm talking about, our insane president i do something kind of in that in that vein of like you know all this great stuff we can look forward to and kind of reference it so to me it's not like a lost like okay i wrote that joke and now it's dead but it lives on the hard times go visit the page it's like i still and nobody's yeah. been like i saw that on the internet you stole that yeah <laughs> like you're like, well, my name's on it, so mm-hmm. I did it anyways. Yeah. It's definitely not lost. I have a whole one-woman show based on my poo-throwing baby is the next Gigi Allen. You should all come see it. <laughs> Great article, by the way. Oh, thanks. I hate Gigi Allen. Yeah. Kind of just known for one thing, really. Not, it was never about the music with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you were saying how it's like you want to have the instant kind of... Uh, thing from stand up and like yeah I'm impatient as shit well I I know what you mean but if you write an article that gets shared a lot that's a good feeling especially sure. if you're like a narcissistic person like I am like <laughs> yeah that's, that's very big I and have a, uh, oh I'm sorry I no no go ahead I have a friend who shares your Bernie would have won last night's chopped episode once a month he has it scheduled he loves it so much and I have another friend she shared it three times that, that was a fun article. I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that it's living on in uh, your friend's uh, Facebook feeds. Yeah, I see it all the time. That was Yeah, that was a good one. Bernie Sanders would have won last night's chop. What's, so the Gigi Allen one, that's like, is that, would you say that's, that's like your biggest article? Or? I think my biggest one was um, Man Magically Becomes Music Historian oh, yes. When yes. Talking to Women. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? Because I I see these articles all the time online, and I recognize that headline, mm-hmm. and I recognize that article, and it's awesome to put 
face to the 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 right that's so cool it's really cool like my friends will tag me in the comments when their friends have shared one of my articles like so this person that i'm not friends with but like i'm tagged in the comments like so i get like these like constant notifications of just like my friends being like proud that they know the person yeah. that wrote yeah. it and it's like really sweet and they do not do that with stand-up <laughs> they are not proud of me with stand-up <laughs> what's funny is when you write something about like trump or something and then like a friend of a friend of a friend tags you in it and they're all like this is a really funny article by michael paladino and then like their conservative uncle from Mm-hmm. wherever the fuck is like this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever read I'm like I'm tagged in that dude like, I know yeah that's talk. actually happened to me too yeah it's happened a, a few times with me and it's just like hi I can see what you just wrote about me you're like do you need to talk what's up man like yeah. what's the biggest art like what's what's your, your mine is still proudest? the first one that I did which was um woman finds black flag tattoo more of a red flag oh, oh i yes. love that one <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that and that one is one so theirs. interesting because like i didn't choose the the art for that article like because we like don't if you don't make the art you don't choose it um and they they like i guess whoever they picked for that he had like these gauges <laughs> and everybody that commented on it like it wasn't the gauges but it's like I didn't write it about the actual man in the photo <laughs> you, know you know what's really funny about that the one photo that I was in uh, was for an article I didn't write and there's this funny story about it it was uh, they needed an article uh, the headline was um, the scene hasn't had a good scapegoat in a while how about Tony and so it was supposed <laughs> to be a picture of me loading an amp like so yeah. I was living with Nolan at the time, and he gave me his Line 6 amp, which I didn't know is bullshit to, to punk musicians. And so I'm holding this amp, and there's a picture of me like that, and then all the comments everybody was like, what a fucking piece of shit for using that amp. You should get shit on. Fuck Tony. And I was just like, I had no idea that, okay. Yeah, like it's not the thing you think that people are going to get upset yeah. about. It's like this was like, totally... <laughs> Yeah. My dumb face, like I had longer hair than I was like, yeah, they're going to eviscerate my whole look. And it was like, no. It's a perfectly good amp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow. And like Whatever Mishka hair. saw, I think Mishka saw that and he was like, oh yeah. Like he totally, had, as great. you know. I don't want to have a million pedals. Okay? Mm. <laughs> it's efficient. It's a personal choice. Yeah. Um, did anyone hear, who's, who started stand-up first? Who started... Uh, writing first, uh, like out of, can... out of all of us, or no, 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 no. I just mean like, like personally. Like, did you start stand up first? Did you start the like writing articles first? Or what was the first comedy thing you got? Yeah, into? yeah, yeah. Basically, is the thank you for. <laughs> I technically wrote a sketch first that never got made. Um, it was my poodle had five nipples, and it was his epic journey to find his sixth nipple and my friend's dogs who were very weird looking were the villains one had a hunchback and like a snaggle tooth and a tongue flopping over the side so she was like an evil henchman um (laughs) this is a gofundme to get this project on (laughs) yeah get it running hannah michael yeah yeah yeah. Let's get it made. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take to find another poodle with five nipples, mm. but how well, many nipples we, does your poodle have, Siri? How much is the nipple really, a really an issue? Penis. We can just take it off. I was right? going to say, <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, be kind of fucked up. <laughs> Show business. It's cruel. Yeah. How much does a male poodle really need those? Yeah, yeah. I almost brought my dog 
to this podcast because I know how much you both oh my God. fell in love with him. That would have meant the world to me. I know, but I wasn't really sure what the policy, the policy was on just having yeah. like a cute little dog running around. The you could do like what you did with the pizza and wrap it up in a towel. And yeah, you could. You could bring anything a to a hotel in. as long as it's wrapped up in a towel. Okay, well, hotel law. You wrapped a pizza in a towel. Yeah, I did from the from the Airbnb party house. I brought a pizza from there to here to one of the shows but genevieve was like hey maybe like you know be discreet i don't know (laughs) like what the policy is on and i just i had a towel in the back of my car so i just wrapped it up and brought it in. it was also in a box that was yeah Yeah. i'm sorry i didn't realize that was just to clarify that that was i was gonna give her time to like clarify that but as it (laughs) as it unfolded i was like she's still not gonna mention the box i stacked them first and then wrap them up in a towel you had multiple boxes of pizza no just one oh you she's doing a bit Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't know that the pizza box translator that was a missing detail for you guys i'll try to speak most things are missing details for me you gotta really all right give us your comedy background come on um let's get this show on the road let's do it briefly um when i lived in la um, like 10 years ago, I did Second City. I did the sketch writing program, but then never really did anything with it afterwards. And a couple years ago, I read Amy Poehler's book, Yes, Please. Mm-hmm. And I finished it and I was like, why am I not doing comedy? Like, I, I finished that and it was so great. And how she talks about starting UCB and doing improv. And I took some stand up classes. So I. I did stand up like once or twice and then got that those like first jitters out and then didn't do stand up again for like six months or more. So I was like, then I let it become this very scary monster. Um, And I was writing that whole time and just like a year ago got into the hard time. So it was kind of similar time of getting stuff published and starting to do stand up. So they're both fairly fairly new like within the last year or so you just doubled down on being funny in several different categories all at once yeah anthony decimito said it was like one day i just woke up and was like i think i'm gonna write comedy today <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's just entirely you're just true, like oh my timing. god wait a second yeah i'm like super talented <laughs> yeah i don't i don't have those days but <laughs> you should yeah you're i great. hear that that people have those so well, I don't trust people that have those consistently. It's yeah. true. It's never the people who should have those. Oh, yeah. girl, well, yes. I'm awesome. And uh, yeah, like that's no, the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to work on gift. myself or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how'd you start comedy, Anya? Um, I, it's, I feel like a dweeb saying this, but it, I just, when everyone else was like, I'm going to go to like dentist school. Not that maybe people weren't saying that, but like I'm going to study finance like in like junior year of high school when everyone was like deciding what they're quote unquote going to do with the rest of their life. Very few actually are doing those things now. But um, I was like, I think I want to be a comedian. Like I can't think of anything else I want to do like at all. Uh, And then I, um, I dropped out of high school and like had this weird period of my life where I was doing a lot of personal writing like I was going through some shit um, and all of it came out like really funny personal essays like they were kind of sad and weird but they were mostly there's like 
there were punchlines in them. And I remember I took this creative writing class at um, Community College of Vermont with, I want to give her a shout out, Charity, <laughs> my creative writing teacher. She was such a fucking badass and still is. Um, and she, like, all of her notes for me were um, always, I mean, she gave me some, like, good constructive criticism, but for the most part, she's always like, you got to do comedy. Like you, like it's so clear that you have to do comedy and hearing someone else say it, I was like, Oh my God, I have to do it. Like it's all I wanted. And now this person I deeply respect, like is like, what are you doing doing anything else? Um, so then I started, I did, um, I took a stand up class with Nathan Hartswick, uh, who now, um, owns the Vermont comedy club. But at the time he was, uh, it was like called spark arts and it was he him and his wife natalie who also owns the vermont comedy club did like stand up and improv classes they were like trying to build up a scene they knew that they knew their goal was to open a club but first they were like we got to make sure there's like comics to fill this club so they like held a bunch of classes and tried to like build a scene and so i i got right in time i started doing stand up and within a year after that the vermont comedy club opened and i was able to like feature for like some of my heroes and shit like who? Um, I've featured, I guess, like the person that is uh, I'm most excited that I ever featured for was Sashir Zameda. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or Zamata. I'm such Zameda. a bad. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she is such a gem. And I'm going to, I'm doing a show with her in the Women in Comedy Festival this year. Oh, and right she's nice. like, she was so nice. Um, but. Then more recently, I opened for Alice Wetterland there, and she was also like she took us out to eat and was such a such a class act. Hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I didn't like start submitting anywhere until this this past year. Um, so I've been doing stand up for like two and a half years and writing for like a half of a year, like writing uh, for for a publication. A publication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, Anna, what about your? So when did you like get into stand up? Like, what was your intro into the whole thing? I'm not going to count middle school talent shows, <laughs> where I also had the poodle, by the way. Why? Um, this poodle. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be coming up a lot. I had an ex-boyfriend say, because um, I, I was thinking about doing it, and I, then I had an ex-boyfriend, kind of the opposite of your experience. I had him say, you can keep it as a hobby, but you're just not relatable. And I was like, fuck you, I'm going to do this now. <laughs> and that's uh, that's kind of how I started. I started doing open mics in Syracuse, and... Um, it's weird. These frat boys like gave me such rage that my stage presence was really good. And then I got to L.A. and all of a sudden just folded in upon myself because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I actually want these people to like me. Yeah. Um, so it, it's taken a while to like build back that confidence, but I'm getting there. So you, you feel like your delivery changed? Yeah. 100%. In that period of time? My jokes were garbage, but my delivery was amazing. Uh, because I had such contempt for everyone in that audience. The first show I ever did, um, there was a dude, an engineering major, doing much better than me now, um, who came up before me and said, uh, women should thank men for um, two things. One, inventing fire. I was an anthro major. No, fire was invented for cooking. Cooking expanded our brains. Definitely us. Um <laughs> At least one of the many times that fire was invented. If if you think okay. Anyway, <laughs> I took I took anthro many classes too. I can, I can back this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, 
uh, then he said, and also for um, for ending every war ever. And I go up immediately after him, and I said, "Yeah, we should thank men for doing things like starting every war ever." <laughs> <laughs> so that rage for the audience really kind of made my stage presence better, for sure. And I'm trying to get back to that place of just hating everybody. Um, yeah. It's going well. No, it doesn't. It like changes your posture. If like between like an audience that you like don't give a shit how they feel about you, and like an audience that's like filled with people you deeply respect. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. it is. You can like feel yourself like shrivel up in front of the people that you want to be the like big confident person in front of. Mm -hmm. I'm also like trying to get to that place of like, whatever. I own this shit but it's so hard, especially when, like, especially when there's just people you really want to like you. Yeah. Right there. It's a real slippery concept. Yeah. Uh, but you'll get there. <clears throat> I'm sure you'll get there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just, I feel like when my armpits aren't completely coated in sweat, that's when I'll know that'll be like the day i'm like i got it today today's the day i'm gonna i'm gonna win it i made it i like lose feeling in my fingertips (laughs) i like get like nervous and like i can't like that's what like i know that i'm like nervous for a crowd when i like can't feel my fingers that's your uh your your tell that's my that's my sweaty armpits i pace that's my thing i hosted my first show ever last night uh, really? The Hoover Dam, yeah. Oh, wow. Did and a great job, by the way. Thank you. Um, but Very sweaty. Yeah, he came up to me. He's like, how are you doing? I was like, I am. My armpits are so sweaty right now. <laughs> I have to, I have like so much nervous pee. Um, I'm just trying to not vomit. <laughs> I do that. I pee yeah. like five times nervous before pee. a show that I'm but like... But also, ner- yeah. I had nervous pee, but also I was like just frantically drinking a lot of water out of nerves. So it was just making it a lot worse. But I, I, I got through it. <clears throat> when do you feel like you're the most nervous for a set? Is it is it when like you're like I need to impress these people, <laughs> or is it like oh this is a paid crowd? Um, I feel like when there's anything at stake, like yeah. sometimes there's just yeah. shows where you're like I really want to do well because so and so is here, or like you know because uh, it's like a big crowd and like I want the big crowd to like me. But like if it's like a contest or like there's like someone who like books a show you really want to be on like there's something that if you don't do well you won't get yeah (laughs) like that terrifies me and it's not even like it's a big deal but that's when i can feel myself be the most nervous Mm -hmm. me too for sure i did a roast battle recently and um so much sweat so pink um such a very pink baby up there (laughs) and i almost my my jokes were like written better but i almost lost because of my stage presence really yeah we went to a tiebreaker because of my stage presence and because i flubbed a joke out of Mm. nerves yeah um and also uh why roast battles (laughs) yeah i i don't think i'm i can't picture you doing one it's i i can write the jokes very well but it takes me like a day to get it a really good one because i don't have that anger in me always mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's like a really shitty person then maybe but you know usually it's your friend yeah yeah i've only ever done like roasts like where there's a bunch of us and we're all getting roasted and it's like like it's like a, almost like a camaraderie thing cuz for when i That's did it fun, it was yeah. it was when i left vermont and a bunch there's like a bunch of people who were leaving within a couple of months from each other. So some people had already left. Some people were going to leave in a, like in a month or two. And I was leaving kind of like right at that point. 
Um, and so we all had like a grand exodus roast at the Vermont Comedy Club. And it was like, it was, I mean, I'm not like super close with all of them, but we all like had been doing comedy together for at least two years in Vermont and like in this very small specific scene. And we all, even if we weren't close, we knew everything about each other. And so we like knew exactly what to say about, like we knew exactly what would hurt. We didn't really go for the, for the jugular or anything, but, but it was like this, it it felt like being like really seen and like cared about, even though we were being mean, but like roast battles. I'm just like, ah, this is just to, this is just to propel your career. <laughs> like this isn't, yeah. this mm-hmm. isn't about like our respect for each other. Yeah. And that's what kind of bothers me about roast battles. Oh, me too. Also, if you go up against someone you don't know, um, I went up against someone I po- in New York, I posted who wants to battle me. So <laughs> I went up against someone I did not know and wrote 15 fat jokes and felt like a monster. <laughs> Wait, in New York? In New York, yeah. Who was it? Pat Riley. I don't know who that is. Uh, he runs a coach of the <laughs> Bulls. I tried to write a joke about that, and it didn't come out. Uh, but yeah, no, um, he runs uh, the Carmine Street Comics show. Oh, okay. That yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I just never knew his last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That happens a lot in New York, where you're just like, oh, I've known this person forever, and I never knew their full name, mm-hmm. or like I never met, like, fe- like, met them, but... Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Fat jokes. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta go with whatever not you can great. get. Yeah, I know it's not a good feeling. I've I've been in that in that spot too. With uh, we have a thing called snap battles out here, and you, you you go up against somebody you don't know that well, and it's like, oh god, well, your teeth are kind of fucked up. I'm sorry for what I'm about to do here, but it's yeah. all I have. Like that yeah. kind of shallow. You just use whatever you can. I went up against someone I did know kind of well, and um, she had a great joke for me, which was uh, Hannah's family survived the Holocaust only for her to look like she didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's Damn. So good. <laughs> um, Anya, this one's just for you. Uh, it's really cool to have gotten to know you and find out that both our moms are from the same uh, weird country. Yeah. yeah. Dutch buddies. Mm-hmm. You want to coordinate a Dutch tour with me? Oh my God, I would Do love that. that. I've been thinking about doing that for a while. Yeah, I mean, everyone speaks English there, so it's like... Very they don't doable. want you to know that they do, but yeah. They, oh, they only want me to know that they do. And whenever I'm there and I like attempt to speak Dutch, they like hear like even an inkling of an accent, and they're like, "I can practice my English on you." And that's so weird. Like, I don't get that. Uh, yeah, when I start to speak English, they kind of roll their eyes at you me. You have an off-putting face. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Now <laughs> yeah, I know. It's mostly. Yeah. It could just be like you kind of have like the haircut of someone who's like they'll speak English to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't need I'm to learn for, the language. Yeah. No, a lot of people they think that I'm from. Uh, they always go, uh, uh, "Are you English?" They like that. That that's their first thing with me. They think like that I'm England. English? England. Yeah. Interesting. They assume that I'm Dutch until they you look way more Dutch. Yeah, than I I, I'm such. Yeah, I am like an Aryan Dutch goddess. Chi- goddess. Yeah, that's exactly the word I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the word you're looking for is goddess. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the Netherlands is cool. They don't really. They have weird senses of humor there, though. So I don't know. That's how I feel. It's like. Yeah, it's like I can't figure it out because they don't understand um, sarcasm there. No, at all. Yeah, and and it's because culturally, it's just not part of their 
humor or like the way they communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So if you try to be sarcastic, they take you completely literally. But like in America, sometimes we do that as like an extension of the joke. Mm-hmm. So you, it'll take you a couple minutes to be like, oh, they think that like I hate this thing that it obviously everyone loves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like my mom could not figure out sarcasm for a while. And my wow. dad is like this like sarcastic, like, Bostonian yeah. ham. Uh, Bostonian and so, ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just, it. it's so weird for me to try to wrap my head around wh- how they got along before. Because um, they like started, they became like friends like the year she moved here and started dating pretty soon after that. And it's just like, how did, what did she think he was talking about? Like she didn't understand sarcasm for like 10 years. <laughs> and she's still like, when she tries to do it, I'm like, it's still, you're still not doing it right. <laughs> it's like, you have to learn sarcasm while you're learning to speak or else it's gone. It's yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. You can't pick it up later. I yeah. Think, I think we might've brought sarcasm of juice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, know. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say Michael Paul Cohen, Han Michaels, we're going to do our own comedy chore. Boom. Just share our, I'm only neuroses. half though. You know that. But, but which half? But technically. <laughs> oh, no. He's one of us. I wasn't even bar mitzvahed, you guys. I was fucking baptized. That's a true story. Oh, okay. So straight up, just you two then. <laughs> You're on Sorry. your own. I'll throw the Hanukkah prayer out with you guys if you want. Or we can have Seder. I don't know, Cohen. I think you have like all of the like i would definitely diagnose you as jewish you have like a nervous tummy you're very oh my anxious. god like, yeah. you said the same thing about me to well, be fair yeah that's true you say that yeah. about no everybody. i mean everybody's I, a judy i my i grew <laughs> up thinking. like around a lot of my jewish relatives because my my catholic ones they were all in cleveland and all my jewish family was out here in phoenix so i very much grew up Around those people, and what oh, yeah, mean those people, <laughs> my you know people. what he means, you know what he means. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my family, and and so we weren't like deeply religious necessarily, but like all of the you know, air quote, stereotypical Jewish thing, like, yeah, I got all that stuff, yeah, yeah, that's what I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> that's what, um. <laughs> We have one holiday special, or no, two holiday specials. They're both Rugrats. Yep. And the grandparents in Rugrats are all of our families. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> spot just, on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty spot on. Um, and sarcasm. We would just die a horrible death. Right. Sarcasm and passive aggressive humor, cynicism, they all kind of live within the same umbrella, I think. Of, yeah. of Jewish communication. So I don't know how my family would communicate otherwise if it weren't for those. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is there's a lot of Jewish people in the Netherlands. That's true. Yeah. But also, yeah. What's going on there? Well, Did you guys read Number the Stars? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, no, you know, I just realized. <laughs> yeah. That's where I swear what I thought you were going to say. Like, well, because we're like <laughs> contrasting Jewish culture to Dutch culture, and I'm like, guys, Anne Frank was both. Um, True, <laughs> the yeah. most famous, uh, but like she was a representative of like there's a huge, or at least there was a huge community, and that there's a still, but not as they much. were they were right next to Germany. So let's yeah. be honest, yeah. we're very um, insular too. Like that's the that's the thing; it, it perpetuates itself because throughout history, like. Jews get persecuted for being super insular and then become more insular as a survival tactic. So it's like this thing where, like, it's a very kind of secretive, inclusive culture 
as a survival thing, but then other people look at that and they're like, you guys are planning something. <laughs> they're up to something. We're like, no, we're really just at home writing like, satire no. jokes yeah. for yeah. the internet. <laughs> no, we're just controlling the media. Yeah. We're just comedy writers. Yeah. We're not horribly scared like the rest of the planet. No, we're just, yeah, we've got the puppet strings that we're pulling on. That's silly. Puppets are silly. Puppets um, can be silly. Well, yeah. I was like, I was telling uh, you guys this before. I feel like when I was trying to explain, like how like Dutch humor makes no sense to me. Like I can't get a grip on it because I went to Saturday Night Live uh, live <laughs> once, and Who I, then the I host? Um, Ben Affleck. Mm. Uh, it was a while ago, um, and Kanye West was the musical guest, so mm. like I feel pretty good about that. So, um, but. I went to the Netherlands like that same summer or like sometime like very soon after and I tried to like brag about how I went to Saturday Night Live to my cousins and they were like we have no idea what that is yeah, like we've never heard of it but then they like they're like let's go watch TV and they like are flipping through the channels and then like they land like they land on this show in a way that's clear like let's stay on this show because we've watched it before and we like it and it was 30 Rock which is about writing for Saturday Night Live. Night Live. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is happening in this country? Like, what are you guys doing? No one knows. No, no one, one knows. knows. Like, what? I just don't get it. Like, culturally, I just can't get a grip on, like, what their sense of humor is. Well, it's there's one thing that's very telling about them. They love Friends. They love reruns of Friends. That's mm-hmm. a big one there. And I told my aunt one day, I was like, why is Friends so big here? And how come I haven't seen Seinfeld reruns? Like, at all and she's like oh Seinfeld would never work here it's just not their kind of humor and it's it's true it's that kind of like sarcastic crass kind of humor they're, they're not into it mm-hmm. but Friends is very you know anytime Chandler or Joey get on there it's very kind of it's weird different big. cultures attach to different things like I, I've worked in restaurants for a while and a lot of the guys in the kitchen are, are Mexican and did you know that the song The Night Chicago Died Huge in Mexico, really <laughs> fucking enormous. There's a one bunch of those things like uh, Morrissey is big with. Them. There's yeah, a bunch knows, of bands know. that covered it. Uh, this one band, Banda Macho. That's my favorite version of the song. <laughs> it's better than the original version. La noche que Chicago se murió. It's fucking rad and it's huge. And I asked the guys in the kit. I'm like, why is? They go, I don't know. It just is. Yeah. It's just. It's just. We love this song. A bunch of people covered it. That's so, yeah, I also work in restaurants and, like, am around a lot of different, especially in New York, I'm, like, around a lot of different uh, cultures, like, it's, like, we have Mexicans, too, in the kitchen and and on the floor, but, um, but, like, just restaurant jobs are, like, the jobs to get if you're, like, an immigrant at all, so it's so interesting to, like, hear what my coworkers have or haven't heard of, because it never adds up, it's, like, they, they haven't heard of, like, so, like, the like I mean this is an extreme example but like I, I don't think this has actually happened but for example like they might have like never heard of like the Beatles but they're like a huge fan of Bob Dylan and you're like that doesn't that's not what are you talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> but like that's obviously not a real example but yeah it's like so hard to like wrap your head around what is what, a big deal yeah, in other cultures yeah did, yeah because like I believed my cousins that they didn't hurt they had never heard of Saturday Night Live, but I'm just like, then what do you get out of Thirty Rock? I mean, I guess you don't have to know that about Thirty Rock, but but still, it helps. It right? helps. Like, it would have helped. Yeah. They're just laughing help. at Tracy Morgan. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. The big, the goofiness of it. Yeah. Um, 
You guys were all at the uh, Onion uh, seminar yesterday. Mm-hmm. What was it? Ben Berkeley? Is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as satire, I, I, I caught a little bit of it, but I want to get your impression uh, as satire writers for Hard Times and Reductress and other outlets. Like, what did you get from that? Like, the the Onion philosophy, like, what... You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I have, like, a big takeaway from it um it was interesting i guess just to get the insight of how the office situation there works and and how they kind of go about getting those headlines um yeah i I don't think that there was anything they talked about what works for headlines but all of it was like yeah that's yeah that all checks out that all seems yeah spot on i i don't know if anybody else had a different experience with it no, I have a lot of um, friends who write for them, and it's pretty much what they've told me. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, well that was a question well, I thought yeah. I'd ask. But. Well, <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. I didn't feel like I like had any big aha moment, but I just found it like it was really cool to get like a confirmation about uh, like how much they value what their joke is like what it's going to do to like that's the cool the thing culture. yeah I did pick like up on how that, much yeah. how much they like really thought about like what is this accomplishing yeah um yeah. because like that i mean it's so obvious reading the onion that they think about that and that they value that like it it's like it hits you really hard how much they're trying to like challenge the powers that be but it's so cool to hear like in a presentation about how we come up with our headlines Mm -hmm. and articles that that's like a huge part of the process is like is this culturally worth doing like is it gonna help is it gonna hurt like that is Mm -hmm. to me something that is really valuable and i'm glad they care about for sure responsible joke telling yeah that was the thing he kept saying like like he was pointing out like you know some things aren't going to be funny. Like you, you read an article about a mass shooting after a mass shooting. It's like, that's not funny. It's, it's not supposed to be funny. It's not supposed yeah. to be funny. Yeah. It's supposed to make you think that was like the biggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. his whole thing about like punching in the right direction. And, uh, that thing he said, uh, what was it? Comfort the afflicted, but afflict, the, uh, afflict the comforted. Like, yeah, that was, yeah, that yeah. was cool to hear. I think that's interesting that, um, a big, I guess, well, I guess it's it's a company. I mean, a big co- a big company, a big new, a news outlet or whatever mm-hmm. you want to um, that they do think about how they're affecting their readers and how responsible or irresponsible what they are or not writing. That's super interesting to me because yeah. I don't think a lot of people who write comedy necessarily take that into consideration. Which I think we can all agree, people fucking should but yeah. um i think that's really cool to hear from a from a publication like that that they really do pay attention and kind of mm-hmm. make sure they're not yeah for sure it makes Definitely. you feel good that a company that you know on that level considers that you know it, yeah i mean if you like especially they like have such a huge um following like they mm-hmm. have such a huge uh outreach like the people that are gonna read what they're writing like far exceeds the people who are going to read like what we're writing on some of the smaller sites. And it's not even like, that's not even a dig. That's just like a fact. Like the onion Mm -hmm. is just Mm -hmm. so it's legendary. Um, and so it's just like, uh, it's like, 
it's so easy to sell out when you have such a huge following and to just be like, well, what's funny? What's silly? We've mm. seen so many things that we care about do that, like TV shows or comedians themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think they're like a really good example, even though they are they are an entity and not like an individual person. Um, it's like a good reminder to yourself to like really care about what you, what content you're putting out and like having integrity and not just going for like what will get a what will get a big laugh or what will shock people mm-hmm. um they do like they have like an insane amount of integrity um and that is why they are so legendary mm-hmm. but definitely yeah definitely it's um even when they started i remember my mom got it and i remember getting that sense uh from them very early on and to see that continue was really great um, and I also loved his pie chart joke of Arizona nature, which I'm going to describe oh, a pie great. chart to you guys. Great. On a podcast. That's, <laughs> um, he just had a pie chart of Arizona nature and um, maybe 90% of it was just brown. <laughs> yeah, that's fairly. It, it yeah, was, most of the, the animals. The two categories were, were brown and not, not brown. brown. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a like the majority of the pie chart was like brown, and then the sliver was not brown. Not brown. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, I think we could make some changes here by by next year, and then he showed like the revised chart, and it was just like slightly more not brown. <laughs> this is possible. This is achievable in our lifetime. Like, it's true though. Point. Like if you if you go to certain spaces and then you see like a red bird, you're like, oh my god, look yeah. at that what? color. What are you doing out here, buddy? Get back to where you. What are you doing? I love the point that he that he made about that satire and what they're doing isn't always funny, Mm -hmm. but that it's supposed to make people think, and that's like he really hit that point and kind of like what you were saying that it it it's not necessarily like haha this is so funny but like I know since especially since the election like I've seen some of the comments on stuff that we've all written I know I've written stuff and people like I remember reading a comment and people are like damn this is some dark fucking satire it's like yeah we're not writing about Danzig and like the merch guy like we're 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 fucked like we we have to we're trying to get you to think about it and rather than like playing the cards and just like showing your hand like here's the joke it's like we're uncovering it in a way where you're we want you to think about it that you're not just like haha this is so light and silly like that's a lot of the i get people like my parents will read some of my stuff and my mom's like huh that that was that was good it wasn't funny but it was good yeah yeah well well, shit's fucked up yeah it is i submitted something to funny or die and they were like um we're going to publish this, but this is so dark, we're going to rate for a really fucked up news day. <laughs> uh, so, on a really fucked up news day, they're going to publish, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, this is so dumb, but I'd like to report my rapist. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. So come yeah, on, okay. school shooters. Yeah, you're waiting for a dark day. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just peruse on over. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's another weird thing about, like satire is that you can write something and then you're like well i gotta wait for that yeah. horrible the next thing horrible. shooting yeah. Like, yeah yeah you feel like a vulture sometimes well like uh the the, the like my, my favorite onion article is like no way to prevent this says nation where the, the only nation where this regularly happens and they release that every time and they happens. release that yeah. every time there's a school shooting or like any kind of mass shooting and it, you're like hmm the first time they did that that was like 
they were just waiting for it. Like they wrote it and they're like, we know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's not, and like, that's not bad of them. That's just like, it's such a dark reality that like part of satire is like, you just know these horrible things are going to happen. And then you just keep them in your back pocket. We had that in the, even (laughs) the hard times pitch group, there was something when people, I don't remember who it was that made fun of Trump's son something that he oh the, oh, the writer for Saturday Night Live yeah, yeah. that yeah. he looks like he would be a school shooter I don't remember yeah, what exactly like the first homeschool shooter yeah which is I think really funny <laughs> but we were we were pitching the joke and I was like you know like nation temporarily outraged by school shootings and people were like yeah that's great and then it it didn't run and I was like I'll just save that for the next shooting and everyone's like oh yeah, that's yeah. We'll just we'll just wait for the next time we're talking about dead children and just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Shrug, like, <laughs> yeah, we can't prevent it. I don't know. Just oh, thoughts God. and prayers, thoughts and prayers. That's oh, all we can. Yeah. Do. Oh wow. God, I've been trying to think of a truth bang thing because um, truth bang is like the onions, and it's it's hard to write for because it's hard to make it because it's a conspiracy theory site and it's hard to write the hard for. times through the hard times yep, through yeah. the hard times and it's hard the to write for because of New York. these people are so like Pizzagate was a thing yeah so yeah. you have to make the satire so obvious right um, because you don't want to be that like um, Ben was talking about this at the end you don't want to trick people you don't want to be that fake news site you want mm-hmm. it to be obvious satire yeah um, and it's hard to write for and I've been trying to work out something because those Sandy Hook families still get harassed and my Uber driver I to to um, get to Anthony's house to get to Arizona I got real pissed at him because he started saying that they were actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, when did that come families. up in an Uber drive? Oh, people who believe that will just wedge. They that will in. wedge yeah. that into anything, and it's like these are families who are getting harassed and asked, "Where are you hiding your daughter?" Like, let them. I'm sorry, I got really dark here. <laughs> no, you're allowed. <laughs> let them. Let them live their lives. Let them grieve and move on. Jesus Christ. Oh my god! Yeah, um, so I've been trying to work it's, out something. I like still have not submitted anything to um, Truth Bang because it's just like everything I can think of. I'm like, mm, someone really thinks this way. This yeah. is not a joke. It's, this is just like it's so hard to like think of satirical conspiracy theorist stuff yeah. because it's getting like our president is a conspiracy theorist now. Right. Like right. it's such a huge part of the culture. That people are like, well, like, it's not what they're telling you it is. And, like, about literally everything. So if you, like, try to make a joke about it, everyone's like, yeah, that's another thing. You're right. That there's the Illuminati's behind it. And we're just like, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just making a ridiculous joke. Can't you see it's a ridiculous joke? Yeah. (laughs) So it's tough. I think everything that I've gotten up, even even stuff on, on, on Runt of the Web, which is so obviously this this very goofy site every article that i've written i'm one of those people where i have to read all the comments which is horrible <laughs> but uh i'll always see like easily more than one person on every article that i've written just like this is fake right yeah like take this it. is yeah. i can't believe i yeah. can't believe trump would do that i'm like oh, god like yeah or, or like well I, I guess i'll believe anything now with this crazy world so this this is probably true right i'm like no honestly i think pretty much every single I don't think this is an exaggeration. I think every single article I've written for the hard times, I've seen at least one like, where's the video? Is, yeah. is this true? Like, I haven't heard this from any other news outlet. Is this like, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And we're talking like 
probably 25 articles and every single one and sometimes it's a lot of people like you know well if you can find the video so easily why don't you share it with the rest of us like these people really have that they're lacking in critical thinking and reading and reasoning that they really but they think that they're so smart because they're questioning it is a thing because right. they're like you know oh well uh, I'm a little cynical about this you should be very cynical about it yeah. because it's fucking fake right. but just like, even well, like the Rachel Dolezal like that um, yeah. Trump honored her people were like this is the only news outlet reporting this is is this true I, I can't <laughs> people I'm like it's absolutely not are you serious yeah that's Fuck. just like part of the territory though like yeah like having a couple people believe it kind of proves that it's like pretty good satire I feel like yeah because like. Because that's like that means that you did a good job of mocking the voice of an article, um, I think so. like yeah. a, a really yeah <laughs> if you, yeah and yeah. and like and it's like you are making a you are hitting close enough to home on an issue that exists that it is believable to someone who's like that fucking dense mm-hmm. yeah like if you can con a couple dummies then that means that like yeah. there's yeah if you can con a couple dummies like think of like all the like not even like that crazy intelligent of people that like totally understood it you know um but like my uh my um what was it missing vegan child Mm -hmm. on back of silk carton never found (laughs) (laughs) like all these people were like why didn't they come why didn't they like post online anywhere why wasn't there like (laughs) like these parents really don't seem to care about their child and i'm like Oh my, like this is not even like a set like satire about like something that important mm-hmm. like it's not even like yeah it really makes you think it's like truly just like the silliest article I know and people still believed it and I was like what <laughs> oh I just it's hopeless of- everything is hopeless I wrote um, I posted Morrissey lyrics for a month and nobody called to check on me and somebody actually in the comments was like basically to me like I don't know if I don't remember if they used my name but they were like hey, it's going to get better. And if you need to talk to anyone, like, <laughs> you can message me. Like, there's really, like, a genuine, <laughs> sincere message of, like, you know, we all go through ups and downs in life. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to be in this place of low to appreciate the high. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, you no, sweet idiot. <laughs> <laughs> My, oh. Writing for them, I think I, I think the two funniest things that, that I've noticed are that, the well, okay, the two subject matters that uh, people will take very seriously are pet adoption and... Um, anti-vaxxers oh yeah so every yeah we there, there was an article that they did uh, about um we gave these cats de-antwerd haircuts and nobody wants to adopt them yeah and yeah, like all funny. dude so many messages just like yeah i want to get one of those cats i think it's very fucked up that nobody wants them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them. Uh, and then anything with like you know um what was that one um i didn't vaccinate my kids and three of them survived or the, one that, the one the one that, yeah, that yeah. lived and the one that lived was doing okay <laughs> and it was just like i can't believe it like all these people were just oh, so yeah. like Anti-vaxxers and pet adoption. Those are the two things. They're very, But even, like, before any of us were writing for the site, I think they had another huge article that was Mm vaccine-related with that hilarious video. And I think it's Marinda, actually, that's in the photo. But it's, like, parents blame child's shitty taste in music on vaccinations. Yeah. And I remember Matt posting something, like, uh, emails that he was getting of people like, this is not funny. Uh, My child has whatever from vaccinations. Like, these horrible things. And it's like, oh, Dear God, you know the <laughs> we're so doomed. <laughs> the doctor Jay Gordon, who was on um, the the forefront of the anti-vaxxer movement, was my pediatrician, 
And uh, I was one of those kids who was diagnosed with pre- kind of like preemptively, we think maybe autism. It was social anxiety, but in small children, sometimes Asperger's and social anxiety look kind of the same. And um, so, yeah, I might be one of the cases that he is citing. Oh, my God. Mm. Whoa. That, Wait, did, did he, you got vaccinations? Yeah, he him? gave me vaccinations. Oh, that's so weird. now believes that they cause autism. Well, you know All what's interesting is <laughs> I, my mom, I want to like say first, my mom is a very intelligent, wonderful person, but I was an anti-vax kid. Mm. She did not vaccinate me or my brother at, for anything. And like at the time we were just two like homeschooled weirdos. So we were like, okay, mom, like we also are like, we also like aren't allowed to drink coca-cola so like it was just like one of the many things that's like oh mom and her hippie stuff but like as that came out like a couple years ago like the grand debate about it i was like shrinking into myself because i didn't want anyone to know that i was like an (laughs) anti-vax but it's okay guys i have a tetanus vaccination now i'm gonna get them all but (laughs) gotta catch them gotta catch i had to wait for health insurance i have it now though so there you go well congratulations on your um road to health Thanks. Well, also, I mean, I think my mom had like her heart was in the right place. Like having done my own research, I like agree with her that like I don't think the flu shot is a good idea. And that's like plenty of people have their own opinions about it. So I'm not like this is facts. But like I just personally think it's like not good for your immune system to like not get the cold or the flu. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think kids should just have the chicken pox. Like I don't know why we have to give them shots because you're immune to the chicken pox if you get get shingles later in life. Those the thing. Uh, not if you had the chicken pox, right? No, no. If you had chicken pox, and you then you, you can get shingles. You, you oh, really? Get shingles. Yeah. Yes. My dad That's got shingles actually. Interesting. He had the chicken pox mm-hmm. when he was a kid. Well, there's like a couple things where you're immune to it if you just get mm-hmm. it once and so those things i'm like that's fine but then there's like life-threatening things that i'm like why why didn't she think about those things though uh so there's like like i'm not at all anti-vax but i do think that's like maybe there's like a couple more vaccinations than there need to be but probably because you have to remember it also is a business like they are making a lot of money off of it so you like anytime there's money being made like i have to be critical of it so i do get that but mm-hmm. i'm not anti-vax it's well the the idea that they're going to predict which virus is the flu that season is kind of like how 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 yeah. are you going to do that? It's I, I guess sometimes they're right um, and sometimes not. I've like, seen a lot of people get sick from the flu shot. Well, yeah, yeah, because so, it's you're going to get yeah. the same immune system flare up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, well, well, I'll just get the flu then. I'd rather, yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah. rather get the yeah. flu. Maybe lose five and say <laughs> say I'm gonna quit smoking cigarettes because I'm like oh I'm this is perfect I'm gonna be sick I won't smoke for five days yeah and then I'll just quit and then I don't yeah but but you I'd still rather get to believe that for five days for you that to believe. period of time yeah. I don't have to slap around pizzas for five days <laughs> so good all right um, so yeah uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time we got a full day ahead of us so where can people follow everybody on the on the where you do stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> i am we got it at anya Cato on instagram like avocado like avocado but anya Cato. Mm-hmm. um and then at anya volts on twitter and my last name is v-o-l-z there is no t it just sounds like there is because germans are weird <laughs> 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 and i'm not even 
fucking German. So now I have to deal with their weird pronunciation of shit for the rest of my life. If anyone wants to marry me and I can take your last name, LMK. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Sari Beliak, and I'm on Twitter as The Crass Ceiling. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm Hannah Michaels. That's spelled like a dum-dum. And on Twitter, it's at H-A-N-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-S. My Starbucks name is Hannah, but my real name's Hannah. <laughs> cool. You can find me at Starbucks saying my name is Hannah. Yep. Well, that was you. Yeah. Um, and we should look out for all of you on The Hard Times. And what were the other ones that, that you write? Reductress, right? Reductress, a little bit. It's, it's been a while but um, <laughs> Sari and I both have uh, zines coming out with the Devastator mm-hmm. nice oh nice I didn't know that yeah uh, um, yours is coming out 2018 right yeah I haven't written it yet <laughs> oh, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming but uh, it, it just got greenlit so that's exciting and um, it'll be yeah June of 2018 nice oh you got a June that's a good slot thank you Summer release, I, summer blockbuster. We don't have anything coming out right now, but you can catch up on my episodes of my web series, uh, Yannick Tonic, that I have with Lori Goldman. Um, and it's Y-O-N-I-C Tonic. Um, and it's just a fun little sketch thing that we do. Nice. Well, we're, yeah. we're writing the next season right now, so it's going to be a minute before more stuff is coming out but just like look it up and like have fun there's a lot of there's already so much content to consume so you don't need to (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to wait around for the new content just watch the old and just like follow the hard times and like share it and just comment dumb shit on it yeah yeah make us feel good about all the hard times and like comment on every onion article like y'all heard of the hard times (laughs) 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 that'd be very punk rock of you if you could do that yeah Yeah, if you could just like really uh, do all the promoting for us. That'd be great. Make sure you take everything literally on the. Uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. all the, very it's all... capital R real news. Yeah, and yeah. if you could uh, find my old articles in the hard times and reshare them and say this guy's really funny, maybe I'll get more stuff on there. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, but okay. Um, Hana, sorry, Anya, three Russian brides. Thank you for <laughs> showing up today. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. This Thank you fun. for having us. Yeah, this is a good time, you guys. Thank you so much. All right. One, two, three. Bird City Radio. Bird City Radio. <laughs>